We're here to talk about you. Name that tune. <laughs> Look at that. I just made it up. Hey, hey girl. Oh. Hey, girls. Hey. hey, hey, gals. Hey, hey, gals and people. Welcome. Bienvenidos. <laughs> Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. <laughs> um, we're here. We got a good one. Yep. Yep. Enjoy. Okay. That's all we got. See you on the other side. Oh, and we're talking about military moms. Okay. Bye. And other things that have nothing to do with that. Bye. Join motherhood wellness expert, Allison from the Honest Peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert, Dr. Marcy at the down there doc. As they do a deep dive into all things, hashtag mom. They add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences, and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee field sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no, no mama Hello. Hello. It is me. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh. Oh, dearie. Ooh. Oh, do you have our drink? I do. Oh, wow. It looks very dark, though. I know. They it, went light it, on the oat milk. Yeah, but oh. I don't, I think it's okay. You don't hate it? Mm-mm. I think the brown sugar keeps it, it out. <laughs> yeah, keeps it not too bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, welcome back, everyone. Hello to No Mama Left Behind the podcast. We are your beloved hosts. We never introduce ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. <laughs> That's true. We're like, you should know who we are by now. <laughs> if you don't know whose voice goes with whose face, yeah. then you need to start from the beginning. And you're not a true fan. Not a true fan. Can I just share something like right off the jump with you? Always. Okay. So today I forced myself out of the house to go for a walk, even though it was 35 degrees um, because it was like sunny and beautiful. And I put on a meditation. Um, Her name is Sarah Blondin. She's on Insight Timer. And she's just like, her voice is just so tender and loving. And like, Mm. you would just weep at her meditations. Marcy, I got to send her to you. Oh, God, just weep. Um, But it was really nice because I was outside in the sun, even though it was frigid. And she was talking about how whenever there's challenges, there's always growth at the end of it. Oh, and that really, that's so helped me. Yeah. Today, because we've had, we've had a long, hard winter (laughs) and supplies are low. (laughs) (laughs) The crops are not (laughs) germinating. Oh, shit. (laughs) Hard dad. <laughs> the crops are low. Um, the box has got us. <laughs> um, ooh. No, but seriously, it's been a hard winter for various reasons. Um, 
And I just think it's good to remember that and like reflect on all the challenges that I've been through in life already that have brought me to where I am today. So it was almost like, oh, yeah, I look forward to who I will be Hmm. at the end of all of this garbage. That's I love that so much. And I, I it's such a it is such a good reminder because I think it's hard. I think it's easy in the moment to feel like fuck everything is so hard i'm like i can't get anything right nothing is going the way that it should i've made all these mistakes i'm like doing yep. so shitty and then like when things start to kind of happen it's like the you had to go through that shitty mm-hmm. part to get to kind of where you are now and that's yep. so relevant for some things going on in my life right now too and it's just yeah. such, a, such a good reminder and i felt like this- it would be relevant for for us totally. and, and our moms. Yeah. Sure. One of my business coaches, she would always say something like that. And it was always so grounding. You know, she's like, you had to go, you're right where you're supposed to be. You know, yep. you had to go through all that shit to yep. get where you are. And even yep. if it's shit now, it's because it's teaching you something. So something, you know, yes. it's just really, it's true. It's such a good reminder. I have to fucking remind myself that shit. I know. Well, that's why doing meditation, Sparkercy, will keep you grounded. I know. Hey, no worries. I have a soul time guide coming out. So you're going to... You have like a lot of good shit coming out. Can, yeah. we just, can we just give you a little... Can I just be your hype girl for a minute? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Guys. Okay. 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 okay, okay. <laughs> so Allison started a group, right? Mm-hmm. Called the Mamahood. Mm-hmm. And she's rushing it. Mm-hmm. crushing it. Mm-hmm. These moms are coming in for group sessions. She, mm-hmm. Allison's created all of this fucking awesome resources and it's amazing. And yeah. the, what moms are saying about this group is like, Thanks. I wish I had it my entire life. I'm going to be there forever. This is the best thing that's happened to me. So <laughs> it's, I mean, Allison, can I marry you? Like, <laughs> when can I move in? There's <laughs> Ah, oh, don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> um, so it's just so cool to see how you're helping so many moms and just like fucking crushing it with the Thanks, biz. girl. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the mama hood is going really well. I mean, and I told them this too. Like I was nervous at first because of course. all I've ever done is one-on-one. Yeah. I did like, I did like, a, I did a little group therapy, um, when I was, working as a therapist, but it's very different from this. And it's just so awesome. And like all of the mamas are like, like-minded, you know, they're like, yeah, we yeah, want to yeah, yeah. grow through this. We want to yeah. like experience motherhood in the best way we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like a, a really cool little tribe. Um, it's so good. So, Ooh, I don't think you're supposed to say that anymore. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. No, sorry. Red- uh, redact. Cohort? Cohort. Yeah. Cohort. Yeah. Um, so that and then the soul time guide. So every time I talk about soul time, people are like, so like, what is that? that? Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? And God bless them. All my mamas are perfectionists. So all my moms are like, so if you could tell me when, where, why, how, yes. and what to do during soul time, that would be yeah. great. That would be great. So in my guide, it's literally <laughs> labeled 
how, what, what why, when. when. Like that's literally <laughs> how I formulated it. Can you um, sync it up to my iCal and my Google Cal yeah. and my family yes. cal and all of my cals? <laughs> that would be yes. really helpful. Great. A hundred percent. You should actually think um, about doing that. Like make an app so, to link up to calendar. I know. I know. So your app has has been inspiring me. When is your app coming out? Um, I'm glad that you asked that, Allison, okay. because I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually pausing on the app right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good to I, know. Good to know. Because yep. yep. we've told I'm, the people. We have. Um, but I, you know, I'm kind of like restructuring some things and mm-hmm. I really just want to kind of simplify. And I, I don't feel like it's a good time right now for the business to develop something when we're I'm still like working out the kinks of yeah. um, the program now. So I'm looking at some other di- platforms and whatever, it doesn't matter, but it's, um, oh, hi Rosie. But I think, um, I can achieve what I want with the app in a simpler way. So mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, working on that. Well, and that's part of this business, you know, yep. is like trying shit out and being mm-hmm. like, mm. Actually, yeah. no. And actually, it's better that you're doing that now versus mm-hmm. launching an app that people aren't really like excited about. So good for you for pivoting. Thanks. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, like slimming down, you know, yeah. I'm getting rid of kind of like this frantic, like, oh, I have to do all these things. Yes. And I'm really trying to focus on like one thing for the business yeah. and helping as many moms as I can that way. And then building Mm -hmm. from there. So I think that's like very relevant to not just entrepreneurship, but like everyone's trying to do the most, be the Mm -hmm. most. And Mm -hmm. it's like, dude, if you just stick with the basics sometimes Mm -hmm. and what you do really well, which is help moms in their vaginas. Thanks. It's going to, it's going to do really well. So yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for you. And like, can we just talk about how little time we've had to even develop anything <laughs> anything over the past couple months god no time <laughs> no time Ugh. we don't know what's going on ever um it's okay. i have some updates though okay i have some things also update wise family Ooh. life oh yeah. okay so um my health okay um update i went to a functional medicine doc and my thyroid is very low, like hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but my doctor, you know, she saw the same lab results he did, but it was within normal limits, right? So the lower end is two and the upper end is yeah. 4.4. I was at two. Mm. And so, so she was like, like, it's fine. Okay. Like there's no flag on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, you should be around like 3.5. So... I started on, um, it's bioidentical, bioidentical hormones Mm -hmm. that they like compound or whatever. Um, so I started on this, uh, no, it's, this one's a capsule. I do have a cream though that we'll get to. Which we're going to talk about in just a second. (laughs) Um, so I'm, I'm taking these capsules once a day and I took one this morning and this could definitely be a placebo effect, but like literally I feel like my brain fog it's like lifting. Oh my God. Like I said, could be placebo effect, but that is something I've been struggling so much with. As you know, my memory, I'm just yeah. like 10 yeah. second Tom, like we've talked about. 
Um, but it's hard because I'm realizing how much that's been affecting my mental health, dude. I'm yeah, like so hard on myself. I'm like, yeah. Allison, how could you fucking forget that again? Mm-hmm. Like, try harder, try harder. Yeah. And my poor little thyroid is like, help me. I can't, I can't try harder. Help me. <laughs> you know, it's a butterfly shape. Help me. <laughs> it is. And it's right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Um, so anyway. Good. On the thigh, we're gonna follow up in a month, but I'm I'm starting that. Um, and then I got some testosterone cream. Oh, hey. so we're gonna see how it goes, and then talk about like why my testosterone is low. But I think if your thyroid is off, it can affect your sex hormones. Don't yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you remember? last episode we were talking about the SSRIs and hormones probably not Marcy I probably don't remember no I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, a yes, I salt into an open yes, wound I, <laughs> yes, I, I can't remember um, anything you can't hear I can't, we're just we're, I think together we might make up half of a functioning human correct okay great point four um, and nine <clears throat> or at least like a yeah, quarter of one at least so what was I saying? Oh yeah. SSRIs. SS- Remember we were talking about last time about SSRIs and decreasing libido. And I thought it was from like neuro dampening, like nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nervous system dampening. But once I did a little bit more research, it's more mm-hmm. about like hormone uptake and testosterone. So mm-hmm. I don't know what, if you're on SSRIs, I am. I mean, maybe that's part of it too. I mean, I I don't, I have no idea, but yeah. I, I don't know if it actually changes the level of testosterone or just changes the uptake of it, you know? So I think it changes the uptake of it because, um, not the production. Yeah. Because are you saying that explains like the low libido and stuff? Possibly. I mean, maybe yeah. it's part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll definitely talk to him about it. Um, I'm trying to think of when I started it and when my testosterone. So it's interesting because this all happened postpartum and postpartum hypothyroidism Mm -hmm. is like a thing. Yeah, it is. Um, So yeah, it definitely could be all correlated. I mean, I've known that the Zoloft vitamin Z Mm could be affecting my libido, but it was one of those things where it was like, I don't care. I'm yeah. so depressed. Yeah. I didn't um, feel it like Zoloft didn't affect my abido that abido, my libido that much. Um, but effects or did when I started effect, oh, I was on effector yeah. for like a couple of weeks and Dude, I felt like or made me nutty. Yeah, I felt like a fucking crazy person. And I was like not sleeping yeah. and I'm like, I gotta get off of this shit. Yeah. Effector so. is an SNRI. Mm-hmm. Um and it works with norepinephrine. So that made me for sure up there. Um, I have heard that works really well for people with like major depressive disorder that mm-hmm. like can't get out of bed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. who's all, anyway, you know, my goal is if this is a hormonal issue and I don't need to be on vitamin Z, like I don't care if I'm on vitamin Z, but if I don't need to need be on to it be, yeah, and there's right. a different reason, then yeah. Hey. Yahoo. So anyway, putting the testosterone cream, it says to put around the clitoral area yes um it also says that i can do two clicks before sex for increased sensitivity okay i mean like can you even touch it <laughs> i feel like it's like already so sensitive and then you add that and you're like don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. The, clit- the clitoris yeah yeah i mean 
mine's not that sensitive. So it, it needs some help. <laughs> I mean, like in a good way, but I mean, like after you orgasm, it's like sometimes oh, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, touch yeah. it again. So I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, no, this is before sex, Marcy, before sex. Yes, I know. But sometimes what I'm saying is like, if you finish first from clitoral stimulation and then uh-huh. you're still having sex, oh, I'm like, I'm like, don't touch it. Oh. don't go near it like just oh yeah 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 go under yeah 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 <laughs> let's talk more about this later because okay. I have a lot more to say but okay I don't know if this is a space <laughs> what it totally space. <laughs> um okay so I'll anyway keep you guys posted on that but I'm really happy that I went to a functional medicine doc yeah it was awesome. and uh, let's see. The other thing is we have daycare. Yay. Woo. Um, and that's going really well. I, I see all the Instagram stories of Ellie on there with her balls. Oh my God. She's obsessed with balls. And yesterday I picked her up and I said, did she have a good day? And she goes, the teacher. Yeah, she had a really good day. Um, her and the little boys in the room like to throw things at each other. So oh, we're great. working on that. Okay. Guess who taught her that Marcy? Uh, Sean. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good throw, Ellie. When she like chucks a fucking. That's good. That's fine. No. No. I mean, she's, she'll learn. She can still have the skills of throwing. She'll just need to learn not to th- name it at people's heads. Don't side with Sean right now. He's he's in your good graces. I know he wants he us to hang out. You're like, I love I Sean. Know. I know. Right, so good. Whatever. Okay, your turn. Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> I had to think about it. I had to look at my legal pad. All right. We've talked about this. Oh. So my wife. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this. Okay. So my <sighs> wife fucking texts me the other day. Texts me. Texts me. Texts me. So I'm like, Will, I'm hurted. Um, and asks for a raise, an hourly raise to $15 an hour. From what? 12. <laughs> okay, I'm wait, like, how, a three. And what's how the percentage you- of that? Can you do that, please, right now? What is that percentage? <laughs> 50, 12 to 50. I would like to know. I would like to fucking know. <laughs> and by the way, minimum wage here is like seven or eight bucks, something crazy. And I saw a sign the other day outside McDonald's that said that they're hiring for $11 an hour. And this bitch is getting it's like 12. a 25% raise. 25% raise. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten a 25% raise ever. <laughs> Okay, wait. How long has she been working for you, too? Like two months? No, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah I, <laughs> hmm. I think it was like November. I okay. think it was right so before. So it's not like she's been there for like two years. Two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This bitch. And she's like, I'm having trouble paying my bills. You know, it hasn't really been consistent, which I like understand. I mean, she did quit her job, you know, as a yeah. hostess. But like, what do you make mm-hmm. as a hostess? Like $10. And hello, this is all like, you know, Venmo situations. She's not fucking paying taxes yeah. on this shit. So, yeah. And I was like, I'm like, I totally understand. <laughs> and, you know, this last week has been 
less for her because my mom was here and I was sick with COVID. But originally my mom, you know, was my parents were coming because I was supposed to go to San Antonio for this conference. And so I told her that like in February, there was going to be a period where she wasn't going to come, you know? So this was, it. this wasn't like new, you, you know? communicated this to her. Correct. Okay. So, you know, I was like, I texted her back and I was like, very, you know, I was like, I totally understand, you know, I can't, I mean, like, I can't fucking pay this girl $15 an hour to fold my laundry and like pick my kids up from school. Like, I'm sorry. That's like as helpful as it is, but that's a lot like this bitch is going to make more than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, do you know how much that would like, I'm like, I can't fucking do that. How old so is she? Like, 20. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. first lesson in like asking your boss for a raise one, don't do it over fucking text and yeah. don't ask for a 25% raise off the bat, know, off the bat. I was like thinking, I'm like, maybe I should offer 1237. Like, <laughs> like that's the kind of fucking raise to account for inflation since November. Right. I'm going to give you 12 more cents. Right. And like, also she gets like you, like she makes it up because she's like babysitting for us on Saturday night. And like, you know, she came extra when I was sick before my mom comes. So like, it does kind of even out at the end of the month. And so then I was like, I, I'm like, I know it's been a little bit inconsistent this week because we were home sick with the boys, but you know, like spring break is coming up and president's day is coming up and like summer is such a shit show. And like, yeah, you know, there's lots of opportunities. She's like, well, I'm not going to be here this summer because my lease is up at the end of April. So I'm going home and I'll be back in August. And I'm like, since when? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I, so I told her, I was like, just, you know, I'm flexible. Just keep me posted. Like, I understand if you need to get another job, but I'm happy to try to work with you and like, you know, give your information to my other mom friends who might need help with their kids, like whatever yeah. you need. Cause like my babysitters here, I mean, in LA, I paid like 20 bucks an hour for fucking babysitting. <clears throat> yeah. 20 to $25 an hour, but also minimum wage in LA is 12. Yeah. So I it's think. like, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, because the cost of living is so fucking expensive. Yeah. And here yeah. it's like I usually ask my sitters what they get paid. Yeah. And like a, and like there's a range between 10 and 12, you know, and like 12 is on the higher end here. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Like I feel bad. Like I understand, you know, it's hard. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm not fucking paying this bitch 50 bucks an hour to like do my <laughs> damn dishes, no matter how good she cleans out my fucking fridge. I mean, I, I <laughs> I was like, really? First, I was like, amped oh, up, ballsy. Yeah. And then I was kind of laughing. I mean, she's so sweet and I love her and she's a kid, you know, a kid, but I'm just like, bitch, do you think I made a money? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? The- she's so sweet. She's such a sweet little girl, but honestly, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> bitch. I mean, it'd be crazy. And I was, uh, I told my sister about it just because you had just texted me and like it was funny. And she was like, oh my God, dude, in this generation, Mm-hmm. If you, they'll run, they'll oh, ghost 100%. you. I was like, yeah, what? I was thinking, and she didn't respond for like a day. I was like, is she going to show up on Thursday? Like, she's just not going to come anymore. She's like, I'm out, motherfucker. <laughs> they really do ghost you. So did yeah, she they show do. Up? Uh, she's coming today. Yeah, she's coming today. Oh because God. then I asked her afterwards. I was like, can you babysit Saturday night? And she's like, yes, I can. And I was like, see, see. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's all good. And honestly, yeah. here, here's my take. I would be I mean, like, I, I sound like a total cunt saying this out loud no, now. I'm like, God, I can't spare an extra $3 an hour, but like that shit adds up. Like I'm a fucking business owner. I don't get a okay, paycheck. Marcy, Marcy, 
What? Where is this actually stemming from? <laughs> I don't know, but clearly. It's clearly very it's upsetting. Something. Yeah. It has nothing to do with her and everything to do with you and the stress of trying to run a business the best way you can by yourself. It's a and hard it's a hard knock life out here. It's listen. It's it's it has nothing to do with her. Honestly, if you were like chill, you would be like, "You know what? I really am proud of you for asking. That's good for you." <laughs> okay, can I just stop you for a second? Yeah. Allison said, "If you were chill." <laughs> <laughs> If you no 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 I meant like if you were chill in life right now like if owning a business oh, not just like, like innately really fucking hard right now in a pandemic yeah. no if you were a chill person you would actually be like Could we just hey. cut this whole story <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god that's so funny I know I know that's it that's it's it. fine it's fine you okay. say no and you don't waste any more of your energy on it. I know I can find someone. What I really need is like an hospitality and management intern from Auburn to come and like manage my house like a fucking hotel. <laughs> That's what I need. Like make Let's sure just that- get interns always for everything. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I have one more thing to say and then we'll talk about what the fuck we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the other funny thing that happened to me was, so remember, remember Alice. <laughs> Last too time soon. or two and two soon, two episodes ago, I was like, I started to talk about how I'm like figuring out the summer fucking matrix for the kids. Oh yeah, and like yeah, yeah. Oh my god, all the things, right? <clears throat> so I have like all my calendars. I have Brent's travel calendar. I have like all of the summer school programs. I'm on wait lists here. It's just a fucking nightmare. And so I've been texting with this program that's over by campus, and um, it's like a daycare, but they also do after school for school age. So they have like a higher age curriculum there. Okay. And they do, um, it's called Big Blue Marble, and they do uh, like language. They have like a French teacher that comes. Anyways, they have a, a um, summer program okay. for, for, kid, for school age kids. So Will okay. and Jonathan would both be eligible for this, right? Because Will's going to be in kindergarten next year. Yay, no more preschool pills. Um, I know, huge. Um, maybe I could afford her now once we'll see. Um, and so anyway, so there's two locations and one of the locations has availability, but I don't want that one. Cause it's like a little bit newer and it doesn't have as good reviews. And the other one is more established and they have like better reviews. And I have a friend that has a kid there. So I want, I'm okay. on the wait list for that one for the big so blue I, marble for the big blue marble. Yeah. Over okay. by campus. So I've been texting with the director about it and like, you know, she, put me on the wait list. We've been texting back and forth about cost and start time. And, you know, she sent me the application and blah, blah, blah. So I finished it the other day, fucking 40 page application for the boys. What? Yes. Oh my God. I know. 40? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, can I drop it off or sh- how should I get it to you? She's like, oh, you can email it. I'm like, I'm not fucking scanning every single page and emailing it to you. So I was like, it's my computer will explode. Yeah. I was like, it's actually cheaper and quicker for me to drive across town, park, walk my ass in and give it to yeah. you. So I go in and I hand it to somebody at the front desk and then I leave and I text, I texted her and I was like, okay, I just dropped it off. And she replied, yeah, you handed it to me. And I was like, oh, sorry. I didn't know. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Making a real good impression on the big blue marble. 
Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, he just handed it to some weird looking gal at the front desk. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm the fucking director. You bitch. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Let me know you where can- we are on the wait list. She's like, you, move her down. You come home and you tell Brent, you're like, yeah, we're not fucking getting this. Yeah, there's no way. That was Marvel. like, where she basically was like, in the trash can. And they give, apparently, they give priority to Auburn um, faculty and staff. And so I was like, try, I was like, so I heard that you give priority. And she's like, yeah, we do. And so I was like, make sure we get bumped up on the list, you know? And she did definitely not fucking doing that. I and then like she goes to do. Yeah, I feel like. Oh God, that's rich. That's a good just, story. You I'm have good a, stories. I just am crushing it with you the are. car wash. That's that's <laughs> still freshener. talked about. Yeah, that's yeah. still talked about. Yeah. Um. Any other updates from you? I don't think so. Okay. I woke up. I woke wait. up the other. Wait. Oh. Huh? How is the inner child? I knew it. I fucking knew it. I'm not doing you know, the work. we're going to talk about this off air. I know. I'm not doing the work. All right. That's all right. I mean, I, here's the deal. I had to cancel because I had COVID. Okay. And then I had to cancel yesterday because Jonathan is running 101 fever. Did you work? No. I laid in bed and read him books and made him orange juice. All day. Uh, not all day. Mm. <laughs> I did during, I did during mm. my appointment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I get it. I know. But if it's a priority, we can prioritize it. So what you're going to do, what you're going to do Fuck. is you're going to get my soul time guide. Okay. And we're going to go over it together. I'm going to have a webinar. Oh, good. On how okay. to do it and what to okay. do. Good. And you're going to be one of my, you're going to be my best student. You're going to be front row mm. with your legal mm-hmm. pad. Yes. <laughs> yes, teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. I'll dedicate my entire legal, one entire legal pad to that. You would, yes, you'll need it. And honestly, I'm, I'm better than your therapist anyways. So I know that's the other thing. Like I could just use you for free. <laughs> That's the other thing is like, I can always That's just call thing. you. I have you, know? you and I can just abuse our relationship. You know, Dude, when I get pregnant, I'm going to abuse the fuck out of our relationship. I just I sent wait. you a picture of my butt cheek the other day. <laughs> I know. I'm still researching that, by the way. I think I know what's going on, but I will figure once I figure it out, I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Today we're talking about being a military mama mm-hmm. and Marcy, while not being a military mama, has the unique perspective of being a military brat. I hate that term. I you know, know I do too. Does it stand for something? Is it an acronym? I was just thinking that. Let's look it up. Like, okay. where did that come from? I don't know. Air Force brat. But here's the deal. I I do feel like I um, am a unique Air Force brat because we did not move a lot in my formative years. Like I was born on the East coast when my parents were at the Pentagon and then they got orders to come out to LA. And so I was born in Andrews air force base, which is Maryland. So, and then we were in Virginia and in DC and then they got orders to come out to LA the summer before I started first grade. So I remember that move. That's when we were at Fort MacArthur 
we moved into the house and PV, yep. that sort of thing. And then I think when I was like in third or fourth grade, they got orders to go back to the Pentagon. We put our house up for sale. We were like packing. I remember the realtor coming in with people. Like I remember this. And then Mm -hmm. the general that my parents worked for, General Barry, he didn't want them to leave. So Mm. he pulled some strings and they Mm -hmm. canceled the orders and stayed. And then we stayed here. And then my parents retired from active duty and then went you know, when I was like in high school um, and then went back to work as civilian contractors for the same like contracting companies that they yeah, were that is with. very unique. Yeah, for sure. Like, cause Were they ever people- deployed? No, because they're in aerospace. <clears throat> they weren't. Dang. Yeah. Never deployed. But I do remember during desert storm, like my parent, my dad had to go in and his fatigues. <laughs> Everybody had to wear fatigue. Random. Yeah. But he did travel, like he went to Russia and. Oh, wait, we talked about this. Maybe that's when that started. Cause Sean worked in, has always worked in his fatigues. And I remember you asking me that. Yeah. He goes in in his fatigues daily. Yep. Yep. Even when he went to, um, he doesn't wear the blue. Nope. Oh, that's all my parents wore. The only time my dad wore fatigues was when it was during war. Yeah. Like desert storm. Yeah. But yeah, my mom he, always had her navy blue skirt and her light blue. First shirt. of all, it's Air Force blue. Air Force. Sorry, right night. Oh my God. <sighs> navy. I hope your mom isn't listening to this. She would my dad would <laughs> have my head. Yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah, no, that is a unique military experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even yeah. mine, I mean, you know, Matei and I are gonna talk about this, but my military experience is very different from hers because Sean is in finance right. and her husband is a pilot. Right. Um, so does I think it's, sh- does Sean get deployed as I interrupt you? He's been deployed once and yes, he will. Again, he went to Qatar for six months oh. right after he proposed and I planned our wedding alone. Oh yeah. Yeah. My parents got married. Um, my mom was stationed in Athens and my dad was Ooh. in the States and they, he proposed to her and she flew the only time that they could get leave was over Christmas. So she mm. flew, they got married at the Academy <clears throat> and Aww, in the know. chapel. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I know. And then she, they got married and they went to Vegas for their honeymoon and stayed Hell at yeah. the circus. Okay. Listen, well, back in the seventies, that's like, that was highbrow. Circus happening. Circus. Yeah. My mom was like, oh, it was so fancy. And I'm like, really? The fucking clowns? That would make me I'm like, that's where your honeymoon was? Okay. Um, and then she flew back to Greece and my dad stayed. I think he was teaching at the academy at that time. And then they had to wait until they got stationed together. Yeah. So she went to Greece, I think, for like eight months or a year after she they were married. Yeah. That's a good deployment. That's a good station. I know. She liked Athens. Over there. Athens. Yeah. She learned how to do a lot of cool Greek, like cooking oh mm, like nice. like real tzatziki oh that's like how you she, pronounce it tzatziki uh-huh. tzatziki yeah she drains the yogurt for like two days so oh, wow oh, so good anyway oh, tangent so good. anyway um yeah so <laughs> marcy uh actually ducks out in the episode mm-hmm. too so don't be alarmed by that um yeah it, i don't just like pass out yeah <laughs> i gotta go 
See you later. Um, but Matea is my assistant for those of you that don't know. Um, and so we had her come on and talk about her experience. Um, and it's a really good conversation. And if you're not mm-hmm. in the military, it's also really good to listen to just so that if you have anyone, friends mm-hmm. or family mm-hmm. that's in the military, you can mm-hmm. know how to better support them. Yeah. Military moms and spouses are the I real mean, MVPs. Yeah. You guys have to go through so much. And I mean, like even, and Matea talks about this too, is like when they're deployed, you know, and you don't really like a lot of times the spouses don't know what the missions are or where they are, or what they're doing. Yeah. And it's like, you don't know if your spouse is going to come back. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Talk about high levels of cortisol at all times. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I feel like I would always just be like waiting for the phone call or like, oh yeah. And I, I feel that way too for like firefighters, wives yeah, or fighter, firefighters, partners and spouses. First responders. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just would be like waiting to look outside and have like the fire chief would walk up my driveway. I mean, cause yeah. you know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. But that's also your anxiety talking and your catastrophizing brain. So that's very true. Yeah. Like you are, have you, have I told you about the term pre grieving? No. So what you just did right there, right? You described the moment you like, it was almost like we were there, like you were feeling the feelings that hasn't happened yet. Right. But when we catastrophize, and we imagine that and we're in this scenario and you're a very feeling sensitive person. So you probably felt like what you would feel in that moment. Those same hormones are released. You're feeling those. Your brain doesn't know the difference between actual stimulation and imagined stimulation. That's mm-hmm. why like visualization techniques work. Mm-hmm. So if you catch yourself going down that route or like, do, are you ever in the shower and you're like, I wonder what would happen if I died today? Yeah. I think about that all the time or if like Brent died. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, Brent's going to be in a car crash on his way home okay. from work. And like, who would I call first? And see pre grieving. I'd be like, would I stay in this house or do you think it would be too hard? Okay. Let me stop you. Let me stop you. I'd think about that all the time. Okay. So this is what you're going to do. Oh God. You're going to get a hair tie. Uh Oh, okay. do you have a hair tie on your wrist? I know, but I have one in my desk organizer and you're going to put it on your wrist. And whenever you catch yourself, pre-grieving, catastrophizing, you're going to snap it. Okay. Snap it. Oh, right now? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's your, that's a little Pavlovian response, you know, like the dogs. Mm. And then you're going to reframe or distract. Totally fine. Distraction, totally fine with catastrophizing. Go do something else. Turn on the TV, whatever. But once you catch yourself in there, you got to get yourself out. Okay. Sheesh. Thank God I'm here. Mm, that was a that was a 90 degree turn from military <laughs> families. Okay. It needed to be said. Here we okay, go. Okay, here we go. Here's Matea. <laughs> Matea's coming in hot. The Down There Docs online programs help you actually enjoy motherhood and the postpartum journey because let's face it, motherhood and wrangling your kids is hard enough without having to be constantly thinking about your bladder or your pelvic floor. Whether you are currently pregnant, two hours postpartum, 
two weeks postpartum, or eight years after baby, it's time you finally give yourself the opportunity to be taken care of. The Down There Docs online programs will give you quick, easy, actionable exercises, information, and necessary tidbits. So you can not only go into your delivery clear-headed and confident, but you can start recovering quicker and easier. And you aren't thinking about your pelvic floor coming in to ruin the party. You'll learn things like proper pelvic floor exercise, safe tummy workouts, how to get back under the sheets with your boo without pain or stress, and how to actually prepare for delivery to give yourself the best chances possible to reducing significant tearing and trauma to your pelvic floor. Join hundreds of women in a private, safe, and fun community along with a team of medical providers that actually have your back and are rooting for you. It's like combining your besties with your medical team. What could be better? Join now if you're pregnant or if you're at any stage postpartum for 20% off using code NMLB20 at thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. That's NMLB20 at www.thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. See you in there. Hey, Matea. Good morning. (gasps) Matea. (laughs) Welcome. You're on the other side of the screen. I know it's kind of, it's a little intimidating. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Why? You know what goes on behind the scenes, Madea. I know. You edit out all of our burps and mistakes. I was just going to say. All the things. You can edit out anything you want. So the, That's you really true. have all the power. <laughs> she has the magic. Um, welcome, Matea. Matea is um, my assistant slash NMLB's like podcast producer <laughs> and all of the things uh-huh. um she's part of m&m molly matea mm-hmm. um and she is here to talk about her experience um being a military mama we've had a couple requests actually to talk about this um marcy has experience being the kid of mm-hmm. military parents mm-hmm. um so she's gonna pepper in and then you guys all know that Sean, my husband is in the Air Force too. So welcome, Matea Higgins. Hey, Thanks, why, don't, why don't you tell us first, like, let's just start with your pregnancy and postpartum because that's what we do with all our guests. Okay. And then we can go into the nitty gritty of like your everyday life and actually what's happening right now in your life with the military mm. and mm. all the things. So how was pregnancy and postpartum for you as a military spouse? Um, so I have one son, he's, uh, two and a half, actually he's almost three. Um, and I feel like, um, my pregnancy was kind of classic military. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband was about to deploy for like three, four months, which Mm -hmm. was his normal routine, his normal deployment schedule. And uh, I actually found out I was pregnant the morning he was deploying. (laughs) That is so classic. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I had no real reason to take a pregnancy test. I just, you know, I wasn't late. I hadn't missed my period. I had no way. Yeah. And but I was like, you know, I feel like I just should just because. So I did just so he can know when he leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So that I took one that morning and sure enough, it was positive. So that was Mm. a crazy day. And then he was leaving for deployment that 
night that evening. Oh my so, gosh. Overseas or Nash? Yes. Oh my yeah. God. So yeah. explain what Connor does really quick. Yeah. So Connor is a pilot. He's, um, mm-hmm. he flies, um, for like the spec ops, the special operations command. Um, so they deploy pretty frequent, frequently. Um, they used to, at least it's slowed down a little bit now, but they used to be deployed for three months, home for six, gone mm. for three, home for six and always overseas. Mm. Um, so that was just kind of their, their schedule. Oh my God. Um, that's like, do you know what lot, he flies? Do I know what he flies? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard. No, there are, so I know what he flies. So what he flies, it's, um, it's called, a, it's called the U 28. Okay. Um, not a lot of people know about it. So oh. that is a valid question I'll give you because I know what uh-huh. he flies, but I don't really know exactly what he does. He can't. Yeah. yeah I was going to say there's like some sort of, yeah, I know what clearance is and what it looks like, but yeah. Is it a helicopter? Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, it's, it's a, like plane. a small little, a small it's little a U25. Is it a UFO? <laughs> what the fuck is it? Okay. No. All right. It's, so, it's so, so Connor, he's out there deploying all the time yeah. in special ops, which you okay, don't wait, know where he's a, going. Right? I have a question about that. Okay. Yeah. Go. I mean, I am, I assume that that's, it's like dangerous. I mean, mm-hmm. right. Ish. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe he's just like, you know, dropping mail off maybe but I would- he's the one who <laughs> irons their clothing yeah yeah maybe he just does he's just like a glorified mailman yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean like you don't know the missions right and like right. no I can't know any of that information yeah. um that would kill me that yeah. would kill me but you know sometimes I'm like I'd rather just not know not yeah you know? I, yeah, I'm kind true. of like that during deployments anyways I'm like yeah. there I have friends that are like all about knowing what's going on and everything and I'm just like Oof. no I don't want to know yeah. anything yeah yeah, yeah so okay. he was he was gone for the actually the whole like first half of first, my pregnancy yeah um and I was a uh, high risk pregnancy because uh-huh. I'm diabetic uh-huh. so I was you know between that and being pregnant for the first time and having no idea what the heck is going on. And then yeah. dealing with anxieties of that and anxieties of him being gone. Knows, and yeah. It was just like, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you stationed? We were in Florida at the time at Hurlburt field. Mm. Um, so like by Destin, Pensacola area. Mm. Close, um, yeah. So we were lucky that, I mean, I was lucky that I had a ton of great resources there and stuff like that. Cause it's, you know, a pretty highly populated area. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, it was a lot. And like, that's scary. I mean, like that's a high risk. I mean, being a type one diabetic and being pregnant is like very involved. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a lot. So appointments every week and and everything like that, Mm. but from the beginning. Yeah. Because well, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm not type one. I'm technically a type two, Mm. um, which makes zero sense, but that's for another story. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I was medical anomalies (laughs) episode three, (laughs) all of us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I was put on insulin for the first time ever and from the get-go and everything like that. So it was just a lot. 
But yeah, yeah, so he was gone for the first half of my pregnancy and luckily was able to be home when he was, our son was born. But yeah, so. And how was postpartum? um, You know, it wasn't too bad. Um, Looking back now, I mean, I definitely have always struggled with anxiety. Looking back now, I definitely had some postpartum depression. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it was super severe because I didn't really realize it at the time, but now that I know yeah. more about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I was probably dealing with some of that. Yeah. Um, and then just your normal common anxieties that come yeah. postpartum. But I, it wasn't too bad. I think yeah. I was lucky on that front. Or I'm just just really used to just having anxiety. I was <laughs> just gonna say, or your threshold of normal. or I'm just like <laughs> chronically anxious. Yeah. yeah. So it was Dude, that that <laughs> yeah. happens. Honestly, yeah. that really happens. And I think that's yeah. why a lot of moms are kind of like, it came out of nowhere. And like they're right. the ones that suffer so much because yeah. they're not used to having to cope with it. You know, right. like you're like, oh, anxiety, what's up, old friend? Like right. You were here before. Good to see you again. And yeah. here you well, are. Welcome back. Meet my child. <laughs> <laughs> now there's two of us. Yeah, now there's uh, two of us. Oh um, Marcy, ask her questions about her vagina and delivery. Oh, I mean, tell me everything. Tell me about <laughs> I mean, I want to know everything. I mean, you know, as much so, as you feel comfortable. How yeah, delivery? because I was because I was high risk, I was induced at yeah. 38 weeks. Um, which at that point I was like let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and he's home. So you're like, take advantage before oh, yeah. he has to go again. Um, yeah. And so my total from like start to finish from when they like started my induction until he was born, it was like 36 hours. Hmm. Um, so pretty long. Yeah. Um, I had, I ended up having a second degree tear. Okay. Um, and he actually, I almost, they were about to send me to the OR for C-section mm-hmm. because he just, I'm pretty sure he was like sunny side up Oh, and he just wasn't going anywhere. He was yeah. just snug. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but they were about to send me for C-section and, and, but I think it was some, I don't know. I was, I was blacked out, so I don't remember, but yeah. maybe like there wasn't like the table, the OR they were going to send me to, it just filled up or something like that. I don't know. So essentially my doctor was like, you need to get him out now, like on this push or we got to go to the OR. So mm. I did it. There you go. <laughs> but I did it, but yeah, I had a second degree tear. So that took a little bit of out of me during recovery, but yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know about like military hospital versus non-military hospital. And so, like, was it the VA or I did not deliver in a military hospital? Oh, okay. Um, not Same, all bases actually. have them. Oh, like where I'm at now, there's no hospital, no military okay. hospital. There was in Florida, in Florida, but and I would have had to deliver there actually, except they were, when I was due, they were going under construction. Mm. <laughs> so they, um, sent me elsewhere and I actually got to choose where I wanted to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And Allison, same for you. Right. I mean, it wasn't like on base. Yeah. So, um, the VA is just for veterans, so they don't see any civilians. Um, just FYI. And then I, I did TRICARE select. So like from the jump, I saw people off base. 
Um, I, I've heard wonderful things about deliveries on bases and I've heard the horror stories. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just like everywhere, just like everywhere. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, yeah. I will say though, for any pregnant (laughs) mamas that are thinking about going off base, I didn't pay a dime. Um, I know that like, that's a lot of people's worry is like, because if you, you know, do anything on base, it's a hundred percent covered. Um, but I didn't have to pay out of pocket for my delivery. Yeah. So, okay. So we have sweet little Teague who is like the most cutest angel on planet earth. I know he's driving you nuts right now, but he's yeah. very cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what do you think is, so Connor's gone right now. He's not deployed. Right. Um, he, he's in the country, Yeah. but he is gone for six months, um, yeah. doing like a specialty school. Yeah. So, so what do you feel like, was it harder when he was deployed, um, when Teague was a baby or do you feel like it's harder now? So, um, he w- deployed when Teague was about, um, Teague was 10 or 11 months and his, that was his last like deployment overseas. And oh, actually okay. so, <clears throat> he left, um, he left March 9th of 2020. So right. Oh shit. Yeah. COVID happened before the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, luckily, um, we were already planning for Teague and I to go and stay with my parents during his deployment because I wasn't, I wasn't working and he wasn't in daycare and we were invited. Are they close (laughs) to you? They they live, my um, family lives up in Vermont and we were in Florida at the time. So they are not close. Um, Yeah. So you were going to just move up to Vermont with yeah. the baby. So essentially yeah. move up there for three, we thought it was going to be three months. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so luckily we had already planned that. Um, that deployment kept getting extended because. Oh, I hate when they do that. Yeah. Like two weeks at a time. So while he was gone. While, while he, he was, was gone. Oh. Yeah. Because they had trouble getting the replacement people out there. So that kept getting extended like two weeks at a time. So it ended up being like five months instead of three. So I'm so grateful that we were with my family. Oh my God. Um, Yes. And I was not by myself back home in Florida with a one-year-old and a deployed husband. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus, we're really grateful for that. So right now is actually truly like my first time doing it alone. Okay. Okay. And he's, you know, now he's almost three. He's like a full blown asshole. <laughs> <laughs> have you met my, have, does he need to meet my four-year-old soon to be five-year-old? Oh my I feel God. like they would, I mean, what the hell? <laughs> he is, he is a handful. Like he is all boy. He's all two-year-old boy. Like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, so it's definitely, I mean, obviously I would say now is more challenging because I'm finally doing it by doing it by myself. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, I think this, yeah, yeah, I think this age in retrospect as like impossible as the baby stage feels like, mm-hmm. you know, cause of lack of sleep and all the feeling right. stress and like all of that is extremely hard for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's like, it's just different. It's like a different heart when they're three, because like, maybe they're not napping and they yeah. have opinions and they can talk and they can yell at you. And like, you know, they can run away with you. Like, you know, babies can't run away. 
<laughs> you know, like you can swaddle them and stick them in a bassinet, you know, so you can go poop. But here it's like, it's just, so, it's just so different. It's just, yeah. it's hard, but like, oh my gosh, it's just. So yeah. does, does Connor like FaceTime you guys? Like does Teague ask about him a lot? Like, how is that on your mama heart? Like, yeah. So see daddy, mm-hmm. he, we aren't able to talk to him a lot. He's really busy. He's got like 14, 15 hour days. Like, yeah, that school is intense. Yeah. So he, we don't talk to him a lot. If anything, it's like a quick two minute phone call while he's Mm. driving back to where he's living. Um, and yeah, it's hard because he's at the age now where he knows dad is gone. And, um, he asks about them, about him. Um, he knows that dad is in Florida. So he Mm -hmm. says that a lot. Um, and he'll, you know, when he gets upset, not at me. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. 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 Just stick a dagger in your heart. You know, I hate you, mommy. Yeah. I want daddy. Yeah. Will sounds like if your father was here, you would have been in timeout 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, guess what? Be guess grateful. Easier. Yeah. You're like, Listen, count your blessings. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So it's tough. Um, but and then at the same time, you know, when we are FaceTiming him, Connor, then every once in a while, Teague will come out with just the cutest two-year-old questions. Like, dad, do you have a bed in Florida? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I have a bed. I have a bed. Valid question. Yeah. Valid question. Yeah. So, you know, just like broadly speaking, military terms Mm -hmm. and being a male spouse and being a male mama, um, Ellie and I and Sean, I guess he's coming too, are gearing (laughs) up for our first PCS with her. Which is what? Um, PCS. Oh, permanent change of station. So that acronym <laughs> central over here God, this is like giving me flashbacks of dinner time with my parents They're oh my like god the, the pcs vcp and then it's, general bada step up we're gonna i'm like what the fuck are you we're, gonna, we're gonna do a partial ditty for our pcs um, <laughs> so yeah we're pcsing aka moving to tucson but um, it's not permanent that's that's not true i mean don't you I know every three years that's it's, permanent for military it should <laughs> it should be an SPS, spcs yeah that me permanent um yeah. so i'm panicking about mm. when we moved here i was six months pregnant and we didn't get our household goods for six weeks so oh. I was on a blow up mattress, your household goods. That's literally what they call them. (laughs) HHG. Um, I, we literally didn't have shit, dude. I was sleeping on a blow up mattress, six months Mm. pregnant. We had camping chairs in our Mm. living room and that is it. So, you know, the military moves you, which is like in theory, wonderful because they come and pack up and, you know, do everything, but you don't know when your stuff is going to get there. So it's called a a ditty, a do-it-yourself move where they're like, all right, (laughs) you can do it yourself and you know when it gets there. But like packing a four-bedroom house and moving across the country. No. Dude. Okay. But what if we get there and we don't have Ellie's things for six weeks? So I have that. I've done that a few times with mine. I mean, we moved just because of movers, like in general. Um. Yeah. I mean, mean, when you were a kid, no, with my kids. So like when we moved to Alabama, 
we didn't have our stuff for six weeks and we were in an Airbnb at the start of the pandemic. So no furniture. I mean, I just came with like our suitcases with a little bit of clothes and then I shipped my car and in my car, I had like their scooters, but so like you could put some stuff in your car. I was like, okay, make sure the van gets here because I have scooters in there. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, but that was it. I didn't have anything. The only thing you put. (laughs) Yeah. Because you know what? They weigh that shit. So I was thinking I would like put a whole bunch of stuff in my van and they're like, no, you can't because we, we weigh in and it costs X amount of money. So when we first, when we first got here, it was in the, it was at the start of the pandemic and we were, I had my two and my four-year-old, I had no toys. We were in an Airbnb with no toys, nothing for six weeks until we moved, until we closed on the house and it was ready. Yeah. So, I mean, I just went to Walmart. And I just like strong armed stuff into my (laughs) cart, like crayons and what the fuck ever. Like, and I just ordered a bunch of shit on Amazon and just made do until all of like our shit came six weeks later. Yeah. So we'll probably stay in a TLF. Oh my God. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Matea, what does that stand for? Oh shit. Um, temporary living. Lodging. Lodging. Temporary temporary lodging for families. I think. Oh, anyway. Everyone just says TLF. No one knows what it actually means. Um, but it's kind of like an Airbnb. Like they have, you know, everything that you need, quote unquote. Um, but some people live there for a long time. <laughs> In temporary. Is that like base housing? Base housing? Uh, kind of. I mean, there's there are especially for instances like these, like our house isn't going to be ready until June 10th and we get there on the first. So for yeah. So for yeah, like yeah. nine days, we're homeless. So you would stay in a TLF if it's available. We stayed um, at one point at a base when we moved to LA from the Pentagon, Fort MacArthur. And I remember it was like furnished. Yeah. That was a TLF. Yeah. It was on base. It was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've stayed in a TLF. Aww. Have you ever lived on base, Matea? No. We haven't no. experienced that either. Mm-mm. I feel like that would be legit if you have like school aged kids. Well, and honestly, it's hard because the we thought about it um, for when we were moving here, but the wait lists are crazy. So a lot of people end up getting stuck, you know, move. They're still on the wait list and move and they truly are homeless because they don't know when they're going to get on base or. What's the benefit of living on base? Is it cheaper? No. I mean, they just take your whole like housing allowance that you normally get monthly. Mm -hmm. Um, So it depends. I mean, if you rent off base, it's probably a little more expensive. But like we're renting off base in Tucson and it was only like 250 bucks more a month for this. Then base. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like it depends on on where you are, like if it makes sense or not. Because yeah. like when we were in Florida, we could get a much better house for that price. Yeah. Cost than living on base. Yeah. yeah. So. so how do you guys as military moms like figure out? I mean, this might be a really dumb question, but like school districts for it's like shit show. Yeah. Because like you have to be close to base. Right. So like. Kind of. 
we we lived like a half hour away one time from base and it depends on your job right like sean's gonna be squadron commander at our next base so we had to make sure we were like fairly close yeah you know he could go for yeah or like someone who works in spec ops or something and they you know get a call like hey you gotta go and they they have to be close or i don't know if if there's like if like the school districts aren't great or like mm-hmm. that's you just have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's definitely one of the major <clears throat> downsides when you have school aged kids. You yeah. know, schools differ by state and everything like that. And yeah, then when you're constant, I mean, neither Allison or I haven't had to experience this yet because our kids yeah. aren't haven't started school. But from what I've heard from other people and and whatnot is, you know, not only is it hard because you don't really have a say that often and where your kids goes to school. But, yeah. you know, if you're living in Florida for a couple of years and they're getting that education for, you know, two to four years, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you pick up and you have to move them to a different state where they do yeah. a different curriculum and maybe right. they're ahead or they're behind or anything like yeah. that. Like that's definitely, I feel like one of the, the harder things when you have yeah. kids. For sure. Well, that's I'm worried about. I mean, it's hard enough mm. to get on one daycare. You know, like yeah. I was six months pregnant with Ellie and we got on the on base waiting list and they called mm. when she was 15 months old, maybe. Mm. So two or, years almost yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm like, shit, every mm. time, you know, and we don't get orders until mm. six months before we leave. And that's not so then as soon as we get our orders to wherever we're going, I'm like calling all the daycares yeah. and like get on a waiting list. God. But I mean, so it's stressful. It's terrible in, in like that respect. And Matea, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you were a nurse or mm-hmm. I guess you are a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you decide to stop working? Was that hard? Like, tell us more about mm-hmm. that. Cause the military sort of is done yeah. that to a lot of military spouses. Yeah. So I stopped. So I am a registered nurse and I worked um, in a hospital while we were in Florida. So I was working three, three days a week. Um, you know, I was probably gone for 13 to 14 hours a day between travel. To, it took me about 30 minutes to get there. Um, so between travel time and, and just everything. Um, and so I, de- I decided to stop working once I had my son. Um, because at that time, my husband was still on the deployment schedule of gone for three months, home for six. So he was gone six months out of a year. And, you know, there was no daycare that's going to take that would take someone at maybe they'd be able to take him, you know, at 615. But some nights I didn't get home till 830, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. and I have no idea what the day is going to be like. And we didn't have family in the area that could pick him up from daycare if need be or anything like that. So I was kind of forced to leave that Mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. Um, and so since then I had just kind of stayed home with him. Um, and that's just what made more sense. Until I found you. Until Allison. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that was causing me like legit depression and anxiety when mm-hmm. you know I we moved at one point we were in a special assignment in Boulder and it was just for a year I can't mm-hmm. be a therapist for a year by the time I get clients and like find right. people we'd leave right. Right. so I was an assistant in a chiropractor's office which is like mm-hmm. 
you know, there's no knock against that, but like I had just finished my master's degree right, so that I could right. be a therapist. Right. And now I have to take, you know, a lower level job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, everything happens for a reason, like no regrets, right. but I was really, really pissed yeah. at first. Yeah. Um, and especially once I had Ellie, I was like, dude, mm-hmm. now what, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. now what am I supposed to do? And I think, a lot of military spouses, especially in the pilot field, because like Sean, my husband works in finance. So while he has been deployed and he, you know, they do get deployed when he's in the States, it's pretty much like a desk job. Right. Um, Sometimes a ton of hours, you know, but piloting like, man. Yeah. And I didn't even think about that. Like with a, a job, like being a nurse, could you or have you considered like being a nurse at like an OBGYN office or like something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, I thought about that. Well, I knew, you know, I knew when Teague was born that I wanted to stay home at least his first year. Yeah. Um, because we were, you know, we were lucky that that was an option for us. For some yeah. people, that's not an option. You know, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, that's not an option. So we were lucky that that was the case for us. Um and I had thought about it. Um, but then once he turned like a year and a half, that's when we found out we were moving here. Um, and where we are in Clovis, New Mexico, it is very desolate. (laughs) There's not a lot of job opportunities for anyone. Mm. Um, so there really wasn't much for me here. here. Totally. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you about planning a family, right? Mm. Sean and I um, have been talking about baby number two, as everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your family planning as far as, you know, he's gone for six months and you can't <laughs> see him. So right. that means no, no sexy time um, <laughs> can happen. So like me planning around a move is one thing, but like having to plan around your spouse physically being there right. is a whole different story. So tell us, tell us where you're at with all of that, if you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, let's see, where do I start? <laughs> Our family planning experience has been um, not ideal, to yeah. say the least. Um, not only is it hard, you know, for him to be gone, deployed for, you know, those chunks of time, but also, you know, when he's home, he's also going on week-long work trips elsewhere in the country. So just because they're home, yeah, just because they're home doesn't mean that they're home. Home. And when you're intentionally trying to get pregnant or trying to, you know, grow your family, you, you can't just have sex whenever, like there's, there's certain days. You're like, you can't go to Boston. I'm ovulating. So (laughs) you can't leave or I'm coming with you. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) dude. um, So not only that is hard in that aspect, but we actually, we have in our attempt to grow our family, we've unfortunately suffered a lot of losses as well. Um, we've had in the last a year and a couple months, we've had three miscarriages, which dealing with, with that on top of military healthcare, not to bash it because we have TRICARE and it's, and it's, you know, we don't pay 
anything or we don't care a lot for it, but, um, it's limited. Yeah. (laughs) So we, we, were those all like you got pregnant naturally and, and lost. Mm -hmm. Okay. So no IVF interventions or anything. No, no. Um, yeah, no, we haven't had troubles getting pregnant. It it's the staying pregnant. So, um, we actually, and this is again, is just classic military, yeah. <laughs> military life. But my first miscarriage was when we were still in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I can talk about that experience after, because that was, yeah, that was something I would want to talk about, but anyway, so, um, was in Florida. Um, it was kind of very drawn out because, it was like, is this going to go? Okay. Is this not going to go? Okay. The doctor was very wishy-washy, you know, he didn't want to make a call, you know? So as far as your pregnancy pregnancy, or like, as far as the pregnancy, like, um, progressing, like whether it was a viable, right. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so he, it was almost like he didn't want to tell us, you know, that, that it wasn't going to progress. It was, yeah, I'll talk about that in a second. Sheesh. um, Okay. um, And so then, you know, I was waiting, you know, I knew I was going to, I was miscarrying. So I wanted to wait to do it naturally versus having surgery. And then um, it was just a really long drawn out process. So drawn out to the point that I ended up having to have a last minute, uh, my DNC the day before I moved across the country. Oh, Jesus Christ. Out to, out to here, out to Clovis. And um, my husband was not moving with us because he was finishing up his, an upgrade in Florida. Oh my so God. my mother-in-law and my son and I packed up my car. Bless her <laughs> heart. We moved across the country um, yeah. by ourselves the day after. I had- As you're like bleeding out still. My first DNC, like I couldn't drive the first day because I was still, I mean, I didn't get done with my surgery until the evening the day before Yeah, and we were leaving that very next morning. So yeah. So that was kind of, you know, classic military experience. Yeah, Anyone who's not, most people who aren't in the military probably aren't going to go through that experience. Yep. Yeah. But we didn't really have a choice. Yeah. We started out to come and packed up all of our stuff. Someone bought our house. We were, we closed on the house and yeah, that was it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. So that was that experience, but I was going to say actually, and I, after having worked for, you know, you and Marcy and then doing some work on this podcast, one of the episodes that you guys had last season, um, the one talking about, um, like language in the medical. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, It wasn't until that I really listened to that episode that I looked back on that first experience that I had and realized kind of how bad it was at the time. I'm just so overwhelmed. And it's the first time I've ever gone through this that I didn't really know what was okay. And what was okay. Um, and like, I look back and think about some of the things that the doctor said to us while we were going through all of this, Um, like when we, we first found out that, so essentially I had what was, what's called a blighted ovum, which means that like I became pregnant and I had a gestational sac and a yolk sac, but nothing developed from there. 
Okay. Um, so there was no fetal pole. There was no heartbeat yeah. ever or anything like that, <clears throat> but I was still pregnant, you know? Yeah. Um, and one of the first things he like said to us when he came in to talk to us about it is he was like, he's like, you know, the good thing is, you know, there's, there's no real life lost here. And, okay. me, and you know, there was no, never a heartbeat. So yeah. yeah. And at the time I'm like, uh, I was just so overwhelmed Yeah. Um, that I didn't really think about that statement and, yeah. and how wrong that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, I'm trying to think what else, I I mean, it got, he said certain things to the point that I remember, and I'm not throwing my husband under the bus whatsoever, but I said something while I was actually, while I was going through my miscarriage naturally at home, I said something about miscarrying and he's like, but it's not a miscarriage. I'm like, what are you talking about? This isn't a miscarriage. And he said, well, the doctor said there was no life to be lost. Like he was just, he knew knew nothing. He, he, we've never done this before. And those words really resonated with him when, with the doctor, like he, so he was confused. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that's such a male like response. mm -hmm. Like, Sean is very much that way about like very logical, very rational. Well, there was no, there was no heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So like, why are we sad? (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, but my body is still going through this. Like I still still think I'm pregnant. My body still thinks I'm pregnant. I, as soon as we see those lines, we imagine everything, right? Right. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? How's my delivery going to go? How's my pregnancy going to go? We're like, we're planning like, okay, so I'm going to deliver around this date. Okay. Like we're there, you mm-hmm. know, like men are just like, okay, so cool. cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot different for them. So I totally yeah. get that. And I feel like men sometimes just, you know, yeah. and I'm saying both in that male doctor and Connor yeah. where they probably thought that was like the right thing to say, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. your doctor was like, well, but look like, right. Well, see, look like, this, there's no reason know? we don't need to be sad. Like just smile. It's okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Instead and of also, just like, I'm remember, so sorry. And I remember asking him during that appointment too, like, is this something because I had mentioned that I'm diabetic. Yeah. So my, I have a very good control over my sugar, my blood sugar. So, but I asked him, I said, you know, is this something, could this have been because of my blood sugar? He's like, "Mm, yeah, maybe. And he just kind of said it just like that. And then I just like lost, that's when I lost it because then I instantly feel like this could have been my fault looking back. No, there's no fucking way that it was my fault. Like, yeah, how it is. And, but just his response so casually like that and just, yeah. Yeah. It really set me over the edge. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I I feel like that's, you know, along the same lines as what Marcy and I talked about in her IVF episode, um, where it's like, if we lose a baby, it's just, we automatically blame ourselves in some way, even if logically, like a (laughs) frog in my throat, even if logically we know it's not right. You know, like we feel some sort of way. Yeah. Um, so is there anything I, I could have done to, yeah, to yeah. prevent this? Yeah, totally. So yeah. three losses. Mm-hmm. God, I'm In so sorry. 
Oh my gosh. So are you guys, obviously you're taking a break because he's gone. Are you able to see him while he's at this school? Uh, technically I could go and okay. try and see him, but he gets one day off a week. So okay, I would, if I went, I would not see him much. Yeah. But technically I, I could, I mean, yeah. it was offered for us to move there with him. Yeah. So I'm so glad we didn't uh, yeah. because we would never see him. <laughs> yeah. And that would be really hard for, for Teague, I think. But, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Sean, has mentioned that too because he has to do is connor a captain yes okay so sean just got promoted to major i Mm -hmm. think he's a year ahead of connor um and they all have to go to you know how there's a school for everything every like pay grade um so he has to go to a school and he just sort of said you know haphazardly yeah well obviously you and ellie would come and i was kind of like um Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And and even more so now, you know, my job is I can do it anywhere, technically. Right. Yeah. But that's a lot. You mm-hmm. know, like it's not like a vacation. Like mm-hmm. that's having to build a whole new support again for what six months? Right. And then leaving. Yeah. Like it's hard enough to not have any community. Yeah. You know, having to do that every couple years. But then being when we were in Boulder for a year, I thought it was going to be so fun. Mm-hmm. Like we were just going to explore. And like that was the hardest PCS because right. we were only there a year. Like we weren't <clears throat> even there a full year. We were there 11 months. Yeah. Um. So that's something that I think they don't really understand. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, well, you can just come with me. And like, we'll just, I guess Ellie and I will just wait on the couch for you to get home right. from school. Right. Right. You have at home now you have, you have your routines. Yep. You have now she's finally knock on wood in childcare. Oh. Right. <laughs> yes. She's there currently. Good. Yes. Hallelujah. Um, yeah. All their stuff is here and they're both, I mean, Teague and Ellie are, are close together in age and mm-hmm. it was around Ellie's age that I, when Teague was Ellie's age that I noticed that he really does is, at the point where he thrives being in his space, his routine. Oh, yeah. It's not so easy just to pick up and go live with my parents for a few months because he, you know, on trips and stuff, you know, I really see it by the end of the trip. Like, okay, he needs to get home. He needs to get back to his stuff. All yep. of his toys are here. All this stuff is here. He's in daycare here. Yep. Whereas, yeah. If we got up and, and moved with Connor mm-hmm. for six months, or even if we, um, went home and stayed with my, my parents for that amount of time. Like I wouldn't have the childcare. Yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, all of his stuff and everything. So yeah. I mean, while it's an option, it's like, great. Thank you for the option, but it's it's not best all the time. So that's a really, really good point that I hope everyone listening, if they have family members who are in the military, like I, I hear this a lot, like, well, why don't you just come while Sean, yeah. like if Sean got deployed, you would just live with us. Right. Or you would just come home. And it's like, no, like, yeah. like go visit them. Yes. Like it's so yeah. hard for us to uproot. Like we always do and fly mm-hmm. across the country. And mm-hmm. like, it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel a lot of like pressure to go and visit, you know, right. because like, it's so flexible. My schedule is so flexible. Right. 
Um, but for all the points that you just said, it's really hard, especially when you have kids. Yeah. I have had that conversation with a friend of mine here where, um, especially she says with, with her family, they're always like, well, why don't you come here? Like, why don't mm-hmm. you come and visit us? And she's like, why don't you come and visit me? Mm-hmm. She's like I have two kids under the age of, you know, three and under I'm by myself. Her husband is currently deployed and she has, you know, friends and family that are like, well, just come visit us. And yeah. Like, no, yeah. Why don't, like <laughs> you need to come see me. Like uh-huh. I, I, you know, we put in a lot of effort to, and we, for some reason, and when her and I talk about this and I'm sure other people feel this way as well, but for some reason we feel like the responsibility is on us to go and see other people. I know. And I, I know. don't know why we feel that way. Um, I mean, I know my family says it's, it's because they miss me and mm-hmm. I know that, mm-hmm. but they still say things like, well, you just, you're never home and well, duh, 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 duh. and like, well, mm-hmm. you guys just keep moving farther and farther away. And it's like, <laughs> you have a say, this isn't my choice, you know? Yeah. And so I know, like I said, I know where it comes from, but I do still have like guilt mm-hmm. and feel like I need to make an effort to go mm-hmm. home more when like yeah. in reality, it's exhausting. It and they can so easily come for the most part they can just as easily come and see you. So yeah. 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 So for any families out there or people who have families in the military, go see them, especially or friends, especially if their partner is deployed. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they say we're fine, we're fine. Just visit. And, and you can even say, I'll stay in a hotel. Like you don't even have to worry about harboring me. You know, like it's all good. I'll just come. I'll visit. I'll leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny too, when you get uh, stationed at bases that are fun, you get a lot more visitors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When we were in Florida. Oh yeah. We had so many visitors. All no one's time. going to Clovis. <laughs> but no not only that, I mean, this is another aspect of it too, is when we were in Florida, being able to travel home was so much easier. Yeah. You know, two flights, one yeah. layover, easy, an hour and a half layover, fine. But where we are now, it is a pain in the ass. And not mm-hmm. only is it difficult, but it's fucking expensive. So and expensive. I don't, you know, we don't have that kind of money just to constantly be dropping on flights. Yep. So it's hard to, and it's expensive for people to come see you too. So it's hard to, there should just be no pressure either way. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you can come, we'd love to see you. Right. If not, we totally understand. Right. Right. Instead of you're not coming home again. You're not coming yeah. home again. Yeah. And I, Sean yeah. and I were just talking. Um, do you feel like you guys have never been on a vacation? You just go places to visit people and go to we weddings. We never fucking went on a honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> so No. No. <laughs> yeah. Talk about never having been on vacation. What? No, we never went. Well, again, he was supposed to deploy right after we got married. Yeah, of course. So um, we never, we didn't plan a honeymoon. Um, yeah. And he didn't end up deploying, which is great. But by the time we found out, I was, you know, in the thick of it towards the end of wedding planning. The wedding was like two months away. And I'm like, I'm not planning a 
honeymoon. So we're like, okay, well, let's, why don't we'll do we do it later? Well, we said, <laughs> well, why don't we just do like a first anniversary trip? I'm like, oh yeah, great. Yeah. So that's what we planned. Well, he was fucking deployed on our first anniversary. So then we never took that trip. And uh-huh. yeah, so we just, we haven't had a vacation in over five years now. Yeah. Sean and I have never been on vacation except for a honeymoon, like ever, because we spend so much money on plane tickets going back to see family. And now that we have someone that we have to pay for, right? Like we just bought flights to go home to California and they were $1,200. Yeah. We did that in the fall when you're, yeah. Once your child turns two and then you start paying for them. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I think, what do you think is the hardest thing about being either a military spouse or a military mom? Like either one. So, and this is going to be different for everyone, obviously, but we are lucky in the fact that we are very close with our families. Um, Very close with both sides of the family. Connor and I have been together since we were 16 years. I was 16 years old. Oh yeah. So we have been a part of each other's families for a long time now. So we are lucky in the fact that we get along very well with our family and we would want nothing more. If it were up to us, we would be there with, with all of them. So for us, that's definitely the hardest part is not being with our families, um, for it to be. And that was hard even before we had. Oh yeah. Um, So not being with our family and for it to be so difficult to, to get to them. Um, and then once you have kids, it's even, you know, it's even more hard on your mama heart because you want your parents and your in-law, you want the grandparents to be able to see and spend time with, with your kids and, I mean, they want nothing more than that too, you know, Connor and I both grew up close to our grandparents where they could come to, you know, our little school plays and our sports games and things like that. And that's just not an option while he's, while he's in the military. So, yeah. And I, and moving here to Clovis, I mean, everyone has nothing positive to say about moving to Cannon Air Force Base. Yeah. Because it really does suck. Yeah. Um, but yeah. For there are me, some bases where you just can't sugarcoat it. Like it's literally no. just terrible. Like yeah. North Dakota, anywhere in North Dakota. Really sorry. Yeah. yeah. For you guys. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, for me, you know, all the, you know, negative things that people had to say about coming here for me, the heart, I always said the hardest, what I'm least looking forward to is how much more difficult it's going to be to see family now. Yep. So that's, that's it. like, that's it for me. That's where, where I'm at too. Where like, you know, my family, when we learned we were going to Tucson, I was like, guess what? We're moving to Tucson because it's only a four hour trip right. instead of like a nine hour. And my, right. my family was like, oh, you're not moving to California. I'm like, oh my God. You can't win. This is, this is the best we can do. And like, we literally, you know, you get your dream sheet, which mm-hmm. Oh, we don't get that. <laughs> you don't get that? Well, with Connor's plane, he can either be, there's only two. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. We that is that. true. But So yeah. luckily finance can go pretty much everywhere. So that's mm-hmm. legit. Okay. But 
the the Air Force is known for giving you a dream sheet and then not giving you any yeah. <laughs> dream sheet. Also. But this one we did and we put all, you know, West Coast bases so that we could yeah. be close to family. And I just wish that they realized like how hard that is to like try and maneuver yourself even in the the a plane distance away yeah. from yeah. family. Yeah, I think uh, as close as you can. So yours is being away from family. I feel, you know, that's I won't say that again because that's I feel like <laughs> everyone's, but I think um I think it's the community aspect for me. So not just being away from family in general, but like you know, if we moved once to Dayton, Ohio and stayed here for 20 years, mm-hmm. that would be one thing, right? Because by that time you have a community. I even feel like now we have a community. We've only been mm-hmm. here three years, but it's the constant having to rebuild that. And yeah, me being an extroverted extrovert, that is really challenging for me. Yeah, Like I even feel like when we move, I'm like, well, this isn't my target. I don't know where things are in this target. You know what I mean? Like you almost yeah. feel like a foreigner mm-hmm. for the first year while you're mm-hmm. like figuring stuff out. Um, so I feel like that's the hardest part. I have heard that it's a little bit easier in the sense of meeting people when you have kids um, because they're in school, yeah. they're in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I was in my late 20s and like, we weren't partying anymore, but we weren't parents yet. Okay. It was kind of like a weird yeah. in between. It was interesting. It's, it's interesting to me that you, and this just goes to show how different military experiences can be because for, because for, for me, I would have said one of the best parts is the community and that, but you and I have very different experiences mm-hmm. just based off of what our husbands do for a living. Yep. So I feel like for us with the plane that my husband, fl- the pilot community and the plane yep. that my husband flies, it's a little bit, you know, the it's smaller. Mm-hmm. Your community is smaller. Um, and you're really only for the most part going between these two bases. So you pretty much always know someone at least where you're going to go. Um, they are deployed so often normally that, you know, the spouses or partners back home really make an effort to, to get together and do things. And it's just a part of, of the lifestyle. Um, I will say, I'll agree with you that before kids, it was hard for sure when he was gone, because any event that they had was really kind of mainly centered around kids like oh it's yep. a kid's Easter party or kids you know any kids holiday party or whatever and it's like well I don't you're that you're that so. weird girl that's like yeah. crushing wine I'm not no in the corner like yeah. of the bounce house oh <laughs> <laughs> um, shit no that's a really yeah. good point because you know not only is it smaller but he's around a bunch of peers like and not that it's like 1950 where like you can't hang out with enlisted folks anymore. Yeah. But, you know, he's around a bunch of peers, whereas Sean, there's a ton of civilians yeah. at work where he works, mm-hmm. you know, who are in their 60s. Like he works from people who he works from airmen to government civilians that are about yeah. to retire. So yeah. like and because, you know, so many people are in and out of those offices, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, hey, bud, like you're feeling OK. 
You know, it's not like this really tight knit right. community. He's yeah. he's on the commander's action group that for the last year, um, which has been really great because that has felt like, you know, the closest tight knit community that yeah. we've been in. Um, but yeah, I've never met a key spouse. I've never had someone reach out to me, even when he was deployed. That's so, um, that's so sad. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. One of the, the great resources that Matei and I both like is Wives of the Air Force um, on Instagram. They no, that's actually how I found that oh, yeah. you, I think you had shared, you had shared, collaborated with them. And so uh-huh. then I had gone to your Instagram and then I started uh-huh. following you because I loved everything that you were sharing. And then, <laughs> you know, and then you saw my job posting and you were like, that's me. I was like, I got to work with that girl. Yeah. <laughs> we, we out here trying to help military spouses, dude. Um, yeah. Matea, thank you for sharing yourself with us today. I know that it's going to speak to a lot of women who have dealt with loss, who are in the military, both who are either a pilot spouse or a finance spouse or whatever your partner does. It's all hard for various reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And how do you feel when people thank you for your sacrifice? You know, this is kind of sad, but I feel like I don't get that all that often. Really? Yeah. But maybe because we've always been in an area where it's so densely populated military wise. Oh yeah. But, um, I'm not going to speak for my husband, but I know, I do know that he is always, he never really knows how to respond. Yeah. Yeah. you know, that way. Thank too. you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no I've problem, but really, <laughs> I've never really had, I don't know, not that I can remember, honestly, but really, I get that a lot where they'll really? like, they'll thank him for his service and then they'll be like, and you too, ma'am, you know, oh, you have to sacrifice okay. a lot. Yeah. You're like, like, I know I do. Thank you. <laughs> Let me count the ways. You're like, no. you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. Also, another good um, resource is I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but her name is Britt. I was on her podcast moments with an MEO, um, like a military entrepreneur. So she supports military spouses like us who mm-hmm. have to give up their jobs. Um, and she supports them being entrepreneurs and having their own side gigs and stuff. So I'll link that in the show notes too. Um, if you have any questions for Matea or I, that is one thing about the Air Force community. No matter who you are, shoot us a message and we'll help you or we'll find someone that will help you. Um, one big family in the military, <laughs> Air Force or not. So thanks for coming on, Matea. Thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, in case anyone wondered, like if Marcy fell asleep or something, <laughs> she had to duck out for uh, an appointment. Um, but as always, email us, no mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we will see you at our next episode. Bye, y'all. Marcy's back. Okay. Here she is. I came back from my appointment. <laughs> <laughs> to catch so quick. The fast. So quick. Uh, that was lovely. I love Thanks, Matea. Man.
I know she's just such a gem. Thanks to Matea for opening up about your life Mm -hmm. and um, for all the other military mamas and spouses and girlfriends and boyfriends and all of the things and moms. Mm -hmm. I already said moms, but I was thinking like our generation of moms. Anyway, thank you for what you do. I get weird whenever people thank me for my service because I think it's weird. But as I'm the longer I'm in, the more I'm realizing how much sacrifice we do have to make. Yes. So thank you for your sacrifice and uh, send us an email if you have anything to add. Yes. Um, <clears throat> anything no. you need support with. Mm-hmm. What's our email, Marcy? No mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast, download, like, share with all your friends, email us, whatever. All the, all the things. All the things. All right, y'all. Okay. And I'll be. Bye.